Hello, everybody. Before we start this podcast today, I just want to let you know that I'm not sponsored in any way by any company. There is no ads here. But if you do want to see the products that I promote and the books that I have written, you can see all of that and all of the links to all of my social media accounts and Instagram, YouTube, and so on. All of that is on my website, noticebooks.org. N-O-T-U-S books.org, not us books.org. Was that ever easy? Daniel Patrick Young. We got Unbelievable. you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Man, over the years, the audio, recording audio in, in any way, whether it's part of a video or just audio itself, has been one of the most frustrating uh, experiences. <laughs> the, the most equipment is needed, the most uh, software, the most glitches are involved. But we're here. We are. I, uh, I really did a lot to be able to be with you today. And and uh, about, you know, um, paying the price. So I have a suspicion this is probably going to be a, a profitable time for you and I. <laughs> so thank you for persevering with me. Well, I definitely appreciate you. And we got some good feedback last time. Interesting, Daniel, a lot of people just really haven't been exposed to these um types of concepts these personal development concepts but they they most definitely are out there and every now and then you meet somebody who's into it you know who's into the the tony robbins and the self-help books and that stuff and we all speak the same sort of language but i, I didn't know how much of the world still needed to be exposed to this but i guess i should have figured that out because i think the world would be in a bit better shape if um, people took these disciplines seriously and took the study of life seriously you know but anyways um sorry this is episode eight nine this is episode nine here notice and friends we've got daniel patrick young back um, one of my mentors uh, i consider you also a, a good friend and i do i have this uh, a weird idea of people in my life like it's kind of either like family or or nothing if that makes sense you know i don't have much of a family of my own a very few family members but there's all these people like you daniel who in, in my mind they're in the group they're in the the family group um you and nelson and judy and you know all the way up all the way up the business line and, and the expanded network around that i really do consider it uh, a big family and you've been there for me much more than a than a business sense and this advice has helped me in much more than a business sense although it has most definitely helped me get my life together and i want to let you speak about goal setting today daniel and i want to join that conversation with you, but I do, I want to mention too, like I really don't get enough chance to, to speak about personal stuff. And that's part of why the, the podcast is kind of good too. It gives more context, but Daniel, in the five years that you've known me, I think I've moved five times, six times, something like that. You know, I think I've changed relationships four or five times <laughs> in that time. Um, my life's been a bit of a mess. It was a bit of a mess, but in that time, I've also gotten on my feet and I can only credit the the progress that I've made to these concepts, not just these six systems, but planting myself firmly in the the journey of personal development, looking at the resources that are out there, but also magically mentors appear. Daniel was one of them, you know, um, out of nowhere. And this has happened other times as well. I've accumulated other mentors and other positive people, other 
wealthy people who are able to give me actual advice on finances and stuff. And these are resources that I didn't have in life. So I cherish you as a, as a resource, but as a friend, Daniel, as well. And here we're here to talk today about the goal setting, goal setting, goal achieving methods. Is this two different systems or is it considered one? Um, I would say it's, uh, it's considered one. Um, I, I think uh, there's a lot that goes into a set. Well, I think setting a goal, for example, uh, I, I, I think of it like this. Uh, fantasy, wish, dream, uh, chance or luck or God or hard work or and then reality. So when I look at the what makes a goal. For me, what makes a goal is putting my entire being into the process, my, my mind, will, and emotions. And I've said before, the bigger the goal, often the bigger the obstacles. And I think to make a goal, uh, we've used the acronym, we've seen this uh, SMART, S as in specific, M as in, um, what do we say? Specific, measurable, M is measurable, A is attainable, R is realistic, and T is tangible. So I think it's important to, to be specific about, and oftentimes as we start down the road, the reason I firmly believe in baby steps in everything is because when we take the small steps, we can look, looking back into last conversation we had about the four principles of effective communication, desire, time, honesty, and commitment. As we're moving forward with our goal, we can look at the relationship between desire and commitment, for example. We take a step, we've, we've said we've wanted something, and so we start down the path. And as we're going down the path, uh, you know, we'll encounter some challenges, we'll encounter some obstacles. These may be obstacles from outside, these may be obstacles from within. And we have to have something worth, uh, we talk about pain and gain. So without pain, you know, you don't have the gain. So we, we want to uh, have something worth fighting for. And as, as we take the baby steps, we can really ask ourselves, is this something we want to continue? Do we want to change the goal? Uh, do we want to stop? Uh, they say quitters never win and winners never quit. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with stopping. We have autonomy to do that. This is our, our life. We make the choices moment by moment. Another reason for taking small steps is you mentioned uh, the last five years having some different messes. I would think of some of these messes, messes that you've uh, shared with me. Uh, in the past as just being difficult life circumstances. 
and this was all all part of your growth. None of us, none of us arrive. This is a journey, not a destination. We learn by making mistakes. And what I think is most important from my perspective as an outsider looking in, when when you mentioned making the messes, I don't see that. I see someone, uh, for example, years ago in a much different uh, socioeconomic position, for example. And uh, let's look at the six areas of life, for example. Finances. You know, you're in much better shape financially. Your home life, your social life. You've got some very high-quality relationships. You may not have a lot of them. I don't either. I'm not interested, to be honest with you, in quantity, but I'm interested in quality. Mm-hmm. Okay? Physically, I think you're doing great. Your mind seems to be function, functioning very well. And I think you're going along your spiritual journey perfectly. So I would just say that you dealt with a lot of very difficult life circumstances and you had the power to persevere. I don't think you created these messes. I think these were obstacles that were put in your path to really cause you to ask yourself what you want. And uh, I have a lot of admiration and respect for you. I think you're doing phenomenally well. So congratulations. Thank you, Daniel. Um, before you continue, so, when you were talking about sure. the SMART goals, which is the, the keystone of the goal-setting model, you just got a little bit cut off on right. my audio, so I just want to repeat it just to make sure that it's, it's in there. So the SMART mm-hmm. acronym is uh, when setting goals, it wants to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and tangible. What's the full spectrum? Right. And some of those might sound like they overlap a little bit, but I, I definitely think that uh, keeping each one of those words in mind it will help you a lot when you're setting your goals. And when you actually sit down and, and start writing your goals, uh, you realize there's not that many of them. Truthfully, they're, they're pretty predictable in, in categories. And as far as stuff goes, you know, it's pr- you probably don't want a million different things, probably 10 things. And, and you wouldn't believe you probably actually strain yourself to come up with a nice, healthy list of goals. A lot of people do. But this is a, a cornerstone of the personal development world of getting started, right? The desire is going to be your first step, no matter what. That's the whole think and grow rich. You can't, if you don't have the desire to do anything, you're not going to do anything kind of thing. And then after that, you actually need to, once you have the desire for something, you need some way of getting it and making sure that your goals are smart, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and tangible um, is absolutely key to continuing. You're not going to continue without a realistic goal or, any of these other any of these other words are not going to help you if you're not specific. If your if your goal is vague, I just want to be rich, or I just want to drive a nice car, or I just want to have a you know a good looking wife or whatever. It's not specific enough, and you might actually get that, but since it's so vague, it might not be what you want. If that makes sense. Well, it's true, and one of the reasons to to measure, um, and there are ways, of course, to do that depending on the goal that you want. There are. Uh, financial barometers that you can look at. There are time elements, etc. And one of the reasons for taking the this the baby steps, I call them baby steps, is that when when at least for me, when I believe that I'm, I do something small, for example, 
I, today I fixed a table. I put three screws in, in the table. And I'm not the handiest guy, but over time I've realized that small things make a big, big difference. They, they give me encouragement. They give me confidence. They give me faith. And these are small things. And so uh, it's important that we have, we believe that we're actually, uh, we have hope that we're going to uh, see our goal as a reality. And uh, for example, driving a nice car, you could have a goal, for example, uh, today is I think the 12th of, of uh, June, 2020. And say, for example, you set a goal to have a, a, a $30,000 car and in a year. So you know you need to have in your pocket after expenses, et cetera, if you want to pay for this. And you can be very specific. You, you, you can pay for the, if you want to pay for this car in cash a year later, you need you know, $2,500 net per month to come in. The nice thing is as, you're, as you start going out looking for cars, you may realize you don't need to spend $30,000 on a car. Mm -hmm. You may want to spend less. And, or you may just see something nicer. You may have just received a promotion at, at work or your, your network marketing business has, has, uh, has grown. So the number per, per, the number per month that you needed to save for that $30,000 tangible goal uh, really is a non-issue. And so then, because you've just been moving in the direction step by step by step, taking your time, et cetera, uh, you realize you may decide you want uh, a higher end car or something else. So, um, so you can, of course, change the goal as you are, uh, uh, you know, going step by step, day by day, etc. cetera. Uh, right now I'm looking at, uh, you know, different cars. My wife and I are planning to be in San Diego. Initially, I thought I would get a, a convertible vet. And I've been looking at the different models that they have and the colors. And we call this dream building. And... Uh, I think it was Napoleon Hill who said, whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe and believe it can achieve. Okay, so belief is very, very important. So by me uh, doing that small uh, uh, step today, putting three screws in a table, it gave me the confidence and the courage to be with you today on the podcast. Uh, because there, 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 Anything worthwhile is going to require uh, effort. And as I said before, sometimes the, the, the biggest goals are going to uh, have the biggest, biggest obstacles. That's why it's important to have uh, people around you. I, I, would, I would much rather have someone say to me, uh, I think I understand the position that you're in. And when I was in a similar position to what I think your position is right now, this is what I did. I would much rather somebody tell me what they did, what they achieved, 
than to tell me, well, if I was you. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to be careful because uh, you're not me. I'm not you. And sometimes we're relaxed and we're calm and we're, we're filled with hope and we have our fear and anxiety and stress levels are down. The money's coming in. The relationships are growing. Uh, we're, we're just, and let me touch on something here, which I entitle the four cycles of life. There are, life is a series of moments and some of these moments seem to last longer. Uh, but, but if you look at it as being a moment by moment journey, some moments were flying high. Some moments were running. Some moments were walking. And some moments were waiting. And sometimes for some of us, the waiting is the hardest part. Because you still have to function. You still have to do what you have to do. And this is where some of these systems are, are so wonderfully and of critical importance because the relationship between desire and commitment, you, you may not, when you're waiting, you may not desire to get out of bed, but if you believe that you can uh, get out of bed, I'm sorry if I'm going on a rabbit trail, Ryan, but I, I think it's important. You're absolutely welcome uh, to. Thank you, you cited Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, for example. The, the 13 individual steps that Napoleon Hill cites is desire, faith, auto-suggestion, specialized knowledge, imagination. Uh, those are the first five. And of course, there are eight more. They may come to me. But let's look at desire, first of all. Faith. So that's a, a step. Step one is having desire, as you touched on. Step two is faith. Just believing that you can get out of bed or believing you can take that next step. So I think baby steps are, are, uh, are very, very important. So when we look at specific, you decide what you want today. Measurable, and we'll talk about that in a second when, when we discuss the goal achieving aspect. So we have the set goal setting aspect, specific, measurable, attainable, asks a very, very important question. It, it forces us to ask, can it be done? Realistic asks the question, do I believe it can be done by me? You see the difference? Mm -hmm. There are many things that are attainable. Uh, in principle. People have, in, in principle, correct. And in reality, uh, I, re I remember a while back looking at the, a specific car, uh, Bugatti Veyron, and I think it was about 2 million US. And I, th I thought just for the heck of it, why don't I, why don't I just, <laughs> why don't I find out what are the running costs on this car per year? And the costs were incredible. I think they had fly, fly in people to do oil changes. I think the tires had to be changed. I mean, your deal, I, I think, if my memory's correct, forty, fifty thousand dollars uh, per year just to maintain this car. Okay? So people, people have these cars, so they are attainable. People 
manage and maintain these cars. But honestly, was it realistic for me to, to think that I, first of all, I, don't, I didn't want a Bugatti Veyron, um, but it, I don't think it, it would be realistic given my psyche uh, and my psychology to do with managing money and uh, risk versus reward. You know, spending forty, fifty thousand dollars a year to keep a, a supercar on the road—that that you know—that's not something that I would do. But for someone that that wanted to to set a goal like that, that's fine. Um, so specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, intangible—something you can touch, something you can taste, something you can see, you can hold—could be a watch. And uh, you go to the store and look at the watch every day, save up your money or even put a down payment on the watch and pay it off over a year. Where there's a will, there's a way. So I, I think to, to actually set a, a goal, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, intangible, and to achieve a goal. So in achieving the goal, uh, often people have asked, is the how-to, like how to achieve a goal? And I say to people, including myself, the, the how-to is not important. Uh, you have five questions to ask yourself in the goal achieving process. What do I want? That ties in with the specificity, okay? When, when do I want it? That ties in with the measuring facility in the top part of the goal. Why? Why do I want it? That's very, very important. Motive is everything. And, and why you want something, especially if you are sharing your goals with other people. Uh, Tom Chenault says, is your why big enough to make you cry? Mm -hmm. Okay, do you want something so bad that you're willing to do almost anything to get it? You know, will your why make you cry? Because then when an obstacle comes in and your commitment to the goal is greater than the, the pain or the obstacle that you are experiencing in the moment along your journey for that goal, you'll continue. Okay. Um, but if what you claim to want is smaller than the obstacle that you're faced with, you may quit. It's why having a team, having people that uh, have been where you and I are right now is so important because these are the people that can say, I know exactly what you're going through. And, and sometimes if you're, if you're really down, your emotions are high and you're angry and, and you say to them, you have no idea how difficult this is. You have no idea what other circumstances I'm facing you know, maybe physical or 
financial or mental issues, uh, issues at home, etc. Any of these six. And then they turn to you and they say, let me tell you a story. And they share from experience something that they overcame that you would say is much more difficult than what you're currently going through. Then you take the next step because you've got the faith, the belief. If they can do it, if they attained it, it's realistic for me to attain it or to achieve it. Does that make sense? I do think so. And I do think that centering around the faith there is kind of key. I think a lot of people fail in their goal setting and goal achieving because of a lack of faith and a misguided desire, not specific enough, right? Not smart enough of a, of a desire set, set of desires, but definitely lacking the faith is probably the most um, pernicious problem because all these other things here, auto suggestion and specialized knowledge and, and all the strategies and, and specifics, they don't matter unless you have the faith, right? Do you believe that auto-suggestion is going to work for you? Do you believe that by following this path of personal development that it is going to lead you to a life that you don't recognize, right? Um, I, th I think that's the part that people struggle with the most. So the, it, it's not even, like like you said, everything can be split up into baby steps, especially your business or whatever. Whatever the process is that you are going to get, let's be realistic, the money to buy the things that you want in your goal setting model the actions that are going to get you there are probably quite simple um it's probably just a matter of making more phone calls right uh, trimming up your sales process trimming up any fat in the distribution process just just simple things but you, you plug away at it every day right no matter what the business is pretty much any business is going to the person who, who's running it is going to be doing almost the same thing every day the different different forms of it but you're plugging away plugging away plugging away plugging away why should you do that, right? Obviously, the only reason to do that is to match your desires. If the desires, if the, if the obstacles outweigh that work, then you know what are you can do it for. And again, if you don't have faith that you can actually attain any of these things, or that you can change, or that you know you can move, or or whatever, that you can become a totally different person if you really want to. I was thinking more of like a theater stage presence. You know, you, you, it doesn't matter if you're shy. It doesn't matter if you don't know how to sell things. It doesn't matter if you. If you don't know how to be an engineer, that doesn't stop you from being an engineer. You can go to school, split it up into steps, smart goals at each step, right? At each junction. And you have the opportunity to reevaluate any of these things. But I'd like you to expand on faith if you can, as you're continuing on in the goal achieving model. Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll touch on or we'll continue uh, along the lines of, of faith, uh, you know, whether... I believe I can or I can't, I'm right. And, and that's why it's so important to take these small steps. I think it's also important to have accountability partners, people that you know and love and respect, people that know you and love you and respect you, and we'll hold each other accountable. Uh, my wife holds me accountable, for example, with my caffeine intake. You remember I said the small things are big? You know, the, sometimes mm -hmm. the smallest things make the biggest difference. A smile, a hello, a hug, a laugh. Um, there was a book. Let me touch on, on this book. Uh, my mother mentioned it to me a couple plus years ago called The Five Love Languages. I, I mm -hmm. never read the book, but there are five 
specific ingredients that the author put into uh, this book. And I, I don't know if the word is transliterated. I turned each of these five words in with starting with the letter T. And so uh, words of affirmation, some people really thrive at times on words for, of affirmation. You can do it. I believe in you. Okay, I'm with you. Um, and I, and I, I said talking. Other people really have their souls fed when we spend time with them. So you have talking, time, touch. There are people that are tactile that would like a hug. Other people, if you try to hug them, I wouldn't go too well, okay? So you need to know your audience and you need to, for your audience to know you. So talking, talk, time, touch, treasure, and then teamwork. And so the author touches on the teamwork as being husbands helping your wives out at home in the kitchen. Uh, treasure could be your finances, could be listening. Uh, so those are the five love languages, talking time, talk time, touch, treasure, and teamwork. And it's interesting, too, that I've said you can tell by what a person values in what they invest into what they claim they value. Do they invest their time? Do they invest their talent? And do they invest their treasure? So I think what we're learning here is that everything ties in with everything else. It's, it's one big uh, magical puzzle. And uh, so faith uh, is uh, everything that I am hoping, hoping, to receive and believing that I will receive is faith. So let's think about this for a moment. You're, you're there, aren't you, Ryan? I hear someone in the background. Yes, I'm okay. here. So remembering that life is a moment-by-moment -moment journey. We can never, ever, 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 ever forget that. That is so, so important. And so, in the moment, um, everything in that moment that I believe, that I will receive, um, so you have uh, everything that I'm hoping, excuse me, everything that I am hoping to receive, and at the same time believing that I will receive, is faith. And that ties in with what you were saying about, about you no. Know, believing that, that what we're doing is going to manifest itself into our reality. It, sometimes it's great having a roommate and sometimes it's great having five cats. <laughs> but on our, on our last uh, podcast, I was distracted. So I, I made sure I was cloistered away this time. So if it was possible here, I would do that. Too. Right, right. <laughs> I, um, that's fine. And again, 
I, I think I mentioned before, and you, you touched on it today, people going up on stage, uh, giving a nice presentation. And I used to think that, well, really doesn't matter what I used to think. What I think now is that I would really, really hope that even one person listening to this podcast would, would say, you know, I can do that. I can, I can set up a, a, a podcast like Ryan's doing. And I know one of my favorite podcasters, uh, Tim Ferriss, he's an incredible human being. I haven't had an opportunity to meet him, but God has used his, uh, basically his life and, and his commitment to serving others to change my life. And the reason I say that is because I act, I act on what I learn. If we don't act on what we learn, even taking baby steps, it's going to have no merit. And I think I, I touched on this on our last podcast, but if I can repeat it, it would be, I would appreciate saying that yep. it's not what you have. It's how what you have is used by whom and for how long. And that, that one statement is worth its weight in gold. It's all about application. So let's go back to the goal achieving part. What do I want? When do I want it? Why? Why do I want it? The, the reason this is so important to me is that if I'm going to be uh, somebody's partner, I, I really want to know how much they want what they claim to want. Because if I, if I give of my time and my talent and my treasure, I want a return on my investment. So that's an important one as, a, as an outsider looking in. If, uh, I'll give you an example. I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana a number of years ago, and uh, Steve Wallach, uh, the CEO of uh, Longevity, was uh, giving a nice talk. And I think it was around the time that, that we had a cruise coming up. There was a contest called the Founders Club, and I was fortunate to have been able to do what was required to win the cruise. And I, I think I helped some some other people uh, as well get on the cruise ship. Um, Steve, Steve mentioned if, if any of you, uh, I think I had given a talk on goal setting as well and goal achieving. Maybe, maybe it was another time. Uh, I, I'm able to have senior moments now because I'm 57 going on 90. Uh, you, can't, you can't, Ryan, because you're still young. So I have them if we recorded this uh, at the end of the day. I would be forgetting things, truthfully. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm in good stead, good company. So, Yeah, it's the end of the day where you are. You have a bit of an excuse. No, thank you very much. So Steve said to the crowd something to do with, if any, of, if any of you have a goal or want to talk about goal setting, talk to Dan. And I remember at the break, one, one man came out and he, he had a goal. And his goal was to make $100,000 a month. And I asked him one question. 
I said, why, why do you need to make $100,000 a month? And uh, he said, because I have a ministry and I need to do some, you know, different uh, types of marketing and uh, radio. And I said, don't they have uh, public broadcasting uh, stations in uh, where we are here? And his eyes lit up. He realized he could, he could go on the air for little or no money and get his message out. And the conversation was over in, in you know, one question. And I hope that he did get uh, some airtime on the public broadcasting uh, station where he was. And chances are he achieved his goal. He didn't need $100,000. That's why to ask questions, I think, is very, very important. That ties in with, is it realistic? You know, um, and it ties in with, you know, why? Why do I want what I want? So, uh, so that's probably a big one for a lot of people. There's probably a lot of people who think that they need a lot more to do whatever it is that they want. And just having a big daunting number in front of you or something can be so dissuasive that you won't even try and map it out, try and figure out what, what, what would the baby steps be to me buying the castle or whatever it is. You know, it's just, it seems too far away. <laughs> And often they don't, they don't need it. You don't need a 25,000 square foot home or whatever, right? You don't need to be on cribs. You, you don't need the Bugatti, like sure. you said. Even if you have the money for it, it becomes impractical just because it's, it's such a big thing, you know. You're 100% you're bang on. One, one of the, one of the uh, important uh, things that I'm learning is it's of critical importance to be responsible not just to take responsibility for our, our lives and the lives of those that we're in the foxholes with, our friends, family members, etc., but um, to to realize, for example, in, in with real estate or with anything tangible, you're going to have maintenance and you're going to have to manage the asset. So if we look at the mm -hmm. Bugatti. You're going to have to maintain that car and, uh, and you're going to have to manage the payments. Uh, insure, insure it. it. Correct. Um, often people want something, but then when they realize the level of responsibility to maintain the asset, uh, they say, wow, I didn't realize that. And so it's important. And if we're taking small steps, we're able to do diligence along the way. Um, so it's so important. I think we're touching on a lot of very, very important uh, things today, Ryan. Um, so again, if we go back to the goal setting for a moment, goal achieving, what do I want? Ties in with the specificity. And again, we've discussed it can change. Your goals can change, no problem. Uh, when do I want it? Allows us to measure. Uh, why do I want it? It shows us our own heart. And uh, what am I willing to do to get it? This is another biggie. What am I willing to do to get it? And the last is probably the most important. What happens if I don't get it? And those last three questions why do I want it? 
what am I willing to do to get it? And what happens if I don't get it? That will show you the person's heart. For me, those last three questions are the most important. And uh, can I can I pause there and pick up on that that phrase from? It's not just from Tom Chenault. It's definitely in the network marketing world, and he's a big enough figure where he could have been the progenitor of it. But I'm not sure. But is your why big enough to make you cry? Yesterday, last night, um, I recorded a podcast with uh, my friend Sherry and we were talking about basically money and mental health and its connection to mental health. And um, that why thing, the collection of whys, collecting reasons uh, seems to be an incredibly important thing to getting yourself out of a rut or just getting yourself started in life. You know, there's a lot of people who are just kind of waking up one day and they're like, I don't even know what I want. Don't even know what I want to do in life, let alone know how to attain it, you know? So collecting these reasons this can mean everything this can mean the world of difference right those next two questions what am i willing to do well if those whys aren't very big or if there's not enough of them you're probably not going to be able to be willing to do that much for it right and if uh, if there's no consequences if you don't get it then again why why bother to conquer these mountains if you're not losing by, by not conquering it you know whys could be family you know could be could be a spouse could be something like that like well what if i don't achieve my goal um, well, I quit my job to do this business. Maybe my family starves, right? I mean, that's, that's a pretty serious motivating factor. But a lot of people really just haven't put any logs in the fire. They haven't burned any of the boats. Um, they're taking the, the safe route. They haven't developed desires outside of what's available in the safe route, right? A lot of people aren't thinking about a nice car at all. They're just not. And they're wondering why they're in depression or something. And to me, Daniel, this is what gets me excited. This is what keeps me going it's it's why it's reasons and anytime i'm feeling down about myself i just go and collect some reasons go and collect some work to do you know start a new project pick up an old project put an ad out you know get some responses get things moving get wise right why why get out of bed today i have stuff to do right why look forward to two months from now because i expect it to be better than it is now i expect there to be more business i expect it you know whatever whatever it is and i want to let you pick up on that but the that is going to be the key part of what people are, are missing in a lot of this the desires are napoleon hill himself you know the the book itself says desire is the very first thing desire and reasons are very similar in my in my opinion hopefully your desires aren't just random you know i don't think they are in my experience with real human beings i think people do have pretty specific desires and if anything it is lacking the, uh, those other those other reasons or of course the smart goals themselves Fantastic. Really, really fantastic. I, I, I learn. I, I learn every day. And I'm, I'm learning and I'm being reminded uh, of so much. We've been on this. We've been together for 40 minutes. This is just, uh, just so true. What's, what's, being, what's being exchanged. I, I think people... I, I think life is a team sport. Together, everyone achieves more. And uh, to have one person that believes in you, one person that truly loves you, that's it. What, what, does the, what, do they, what is the saying? You may be only one person in this world, but you may be the world to one person. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to, to digress for a moment. And 
share the importance. Like when we talk about goal setting and goal achieving or the six areas of life, uh, this, this system, this specific system that I'll, I'll share quickly with you is enabled me, the power behind the system enabled me to get on this podcast with you today because I was dealing with, I would say, uh, a lot of fear and anxiety. And this specific system I've entitled Managing Your Emotions. And I'll just, I'll give it to you quickly. And uh, because the two emotions that I, I have to deal with uh, more than any other two emotions are fear and anger. And I had both today, both were present. And emotions, when I talk to people about emotions versus states, an emotion is an emotion. A state is when your mind, will, and emotions are engaged. For example, you can have anger present, you can be triggered and have anger, or you can be in a state of anger. You're angry, your mm. mind, your will, your emotions, your functionality is, is, is very, very limited. Your access to the place of logic is often not available. People use the term, I saw red. Often people have committed murders and I've, I've, uh, this is true what I'm saying. And then the police are interviewing them and they're, they're, they're trying to understand logically why the person went and shot another person. But when this, this person went out, they were in such an angry state that their access to logic was, was not available. They don't remember. They were seeing red they were not in their right mind. And so there's an example of anger. Uh, fear. Fear can be paralytic. And so uh, staying calm is important. So I was reminded today, especially when we were having such a difficult time getting this podcast going, I think the email link is the way to go now, isn't it, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Two well. seconds, brother. That was it. Da Daniel, can I pick up on fear, if you mind? Uh, sure. I'd like to give you the. Yeah. Go ahead. Give me the other two. No, no, no. I, 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 I'd like to, I'd like to give you the when I talk about the system called managing your emotions. I use, I use anger and fear. I'd like to give you the actual template, the words that okay. I use, and then we'll talk about the fear aspect of it. So this is how it goes. So I call it managing your emotions. You can call it whatever you want. Okay. Never allow an emotion. Let's use anger in this case. So never allow an emotion, anger, to cause you to act when without this emotion, the act would not take place. So you have anger, you're triggered, you want to hit something or someone. Would you want to hit something or someone if that anger wasn't present? No. So don't act. 
That's why it's important desire, time, honesty, commitment. That's why it's important to stop, take the time, be honest. Uh, I, I use a system. I think we touched on the last podcast from uh, awareness to adaptation. I'm aware I have anger. I accept that I have anger. I'm sorry, I acknowledge that I have anger. I accept that I have anger and then I adapt, which means I process that anger through my mind. Okay, I don't take the act. Consequently, never allow an emotion, in this case fear, never allow an emotion to stop you from acting, to stop you from taking action, when without this emotion, the act would take place. If I did not have fear today, I would have had no problem doing this wonderful podcast with you, Ryan. And so when I was reminded of that, I was given the, the victory. My why was bigger than my fear. My level of commitment was to you and to your audience, to myself, was stronger than the temporary emotion of fear. So that, that is the, the template and you can put whatever emotion you want in there. So never allow an emotion to cause you to act when without this emotion, the act would not take place. Consequently, never allow an emotion to stop you from acting when without this emotion, the act would take place. And uh, that's, I think, why we're talking today, and I hope at least one person, including me, I'm getting great benefit from this, Ryan, and I thank you. It's an honor and privilege to, to be doing these podcasts with you. Thank you. Well, this is a big part of mindfulness itself, right? Identifying the emotion kind of takes the power away from it, right? A lot of us didn't realize that we were acting on emotions just simply because we didn't identify them the emotion, the, the trigger itself, the, the sensation itself, or the, um, the state, as you, as you described, right? We, we're not even realizing that we're 100%. in the state. And uh, the, the power is taken away by identifying it, by being aware of it, by acknowledging it, and by adapting to it, meaning changing, re realizing that this thing is making me angry because of this, and I do not need to respond in anger, in a state of anger to that thing. There's, maybe there's an evasive action. Maybe it's a no action. Maybe I don't go and attack that person or something like that. But uh, these two things that you mentioned, fear and anger, they're going to be, uh, they have to be the biggest blockades, particularly fear to any achievement in life. And you mentioned a couple times that I want to pick up on it, that it, it can be a nerve wracking experience to record things. And it might sound casual when the recording is actually taking place, but there's a lot of mental activity behind the scenes before any recording I do remember my first recordings. My dad was a sound technician, by the way, so he got me in front of a microphone when I was quite young. I kind of I felt comfortable enough to do it, but yet when I was in a room with a microphone, suddenly that microphone's connected to an outlet to the outside world, and people can hear you. You know, I, I remember clamming up. I remember my heart just beating out of control. You know, and really, really spending most of my energy on <laughs> keeping it together while I was actually speaking on air. You know, the, not even paying that much attention to whatever came out of my mouth. I honestly wouldn't even be able to tell you what came out of my mouth in most of the early interviews and radio appearances and, and whatever, because it was just such a nerve wracking experience. Now, having said that, we're talking about getting forward in life, 
we're talking about Bugattis and houses and businesses and this kind of thing. To me, any business or any craft, whatever you want to do, you want to get good at it or, and you want it to somehow supply your life or enhance your lifestyle or whatever. Bring in extra money, a.k.a. in, in real human terms. If you want to monetize your hobby or your passion or change your life in some way, it's going to require you getting attention what you like it or not right maybe maybe what gets the attention is an interface like an ad maybe you put ads out maybe you put a capture page out maybe you make content that doesn't have your face or voice behind it because you're too shy to do so but that fear of attention is one of people's major blockades and not just attention itself of course it's negative attention uh what are these people going to think of me what if i make a mistake what if i choke up on air and you know whatever fear of negative attention uh, i've myself made a ton of content you know it's not easy and i've taken a lot of it down because of being self-conscious you realize after a while oh, that video really wasn't that good but you keep going right that perseverance is going to be a key part of this formula no matter what but it doesn't matter what you're doing. I'm, I'm also an artist in one part of my life. That still also requires getting attention. All of the same fears of judgment, all of the same fears of what the people in your life are going to say about you. Um, are they going to accept me, this public? You know, uh, Am I even going to make it? Is it going to be worth my time? Is it just going to be someone better than me? All of these doubts do go down back to the attention. And I don't know, Daniel, maybe you could name something. I can't come up with something of building a business or something or anything, craft, without getting attention everything else is is a private endeavor you know but if you are trying to build goals and those goals are connected to real things especially if those real things cost money then you know th these are <laughs> your business is going to require you getting attention it doesn't matter if you have the best product in the world it doesn't matter if you have the best system or website or or whatever daniel you got six systems no one ever heard of them before right the things don't go anywhere unless they're, they're marketed somehow. And that is where the fear is going to be for a lot of people. We're network marketing. I remember Nelson drawing those three circles out for me and saying, you got to get your three friends and I get the three friends. And I had total, absolute disbelief that this could happen. And I guarantee a lot of things flashed in my mind when I started to learn about network marketing. And, and I'm seeing people talk about doing meetings and events and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. Right. In high school, I refused to do presentation in college. I refused to do presentations, you know, and I found myself one day being forced to do a presentation. And by the way, that was in academia. That was in the university when I worked at the University of Sydney with the Ocean Technology Group. My professor, um, Ian S.F. Jones, he kind of forced me, made me do a presentation in front of a group of Chinese delegates. So with headsets and a translator. And I'm trying to explain something very technical about an experiment that I had run. That's why he wanted me to do it. It's not just, this is another thing, but like people don't know if you're in science, if you're in academia, if you're in whatever, not only do you have to do the thing, you have to communicate that thing with other people. You have to go on stages and talk to people about it. You have to face panels, you know, all kinds of things. And in my case, that was my first exposure to public speaking. And I, I believe the fear in people, you know, when they're hearing these things and, if they're thinking of goals, what do I want in life? Well, they might just say, look, I'm never going to get a Ferrari because, you know, again, I can't sell. Why? Because of fear of attention, basically fear of not being good enough, da, 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 all this kind of stuff. And it's it sounds like it's all about sales. But the, this the world is sales, right? Business is sales. If you have if you're basing what you're doing on a talent of yours or whatever, maybe you have a nice voice, maybe you, you like to write maybe anything you're going to have to sell that to someone you're either going to have to sell that to the public itself or you're going to have to sell it to a distributor or a media house or someone who's going to sponsor the production and distribution of the the corresponding products to you 
if the, if this makes sense, Daniel, because I'm I'm having trouble visualizing quote the good life outside of the societal go to school, get a job, da da da. You have to do something else, some type of business, some type of enterprise, which will always require attention. It doesn't matter if it's an investment fund. People need to know about the fund, right? I don't want to ramble on that point too much, but this is, I've made content before just specifically about how fear can rob you of your opportunities, right? You just mentioned two different things. Emotion can cause you to do something that you wouldn't do without that emotion. And it can also prevent you from doing things that you would do if it wasn't for that. Right. A lot of people would take more risks in life if it wasn't for the fear of what people would think of them. And, you know, this is not just business decisions. This could be this could be relationship decisions. You know, people um, acting certain ways within their social life because of their worry. They're worried about how other people are going to judge them, you know. So if you do let fear prevent your action, you just everything else that we're talking about doesn't matter. Right. And. I do like to continue to, to sort of connect this to depression a lot because I do feel that depression is a consequence of stagnation. It's a consequence of inaction. And when you're caught up in this goal-setting, goal-achieving system, it's very difficult to be depressed. You just don't have time for it. It just creates energy. Energy produces more energy, if this makes sense. And I want to toss it back over to you, Daniel, after this point. But the the amazing thing, I've noticed this, many people have written about this, it's amazing that sitting around doing nothing all day can make you so tired, just so tired. You want to lose all your energy? Don't do anything. You want more energy? Go spend energy. It's crazy. This is this weird return system in in life built into this world um, that doesn't match standard economic doctrines, right? You think that spending energy now you have to somehow regenerate more energy. It's just it's weirdly not true. The more you do, the more energy you are supplied with to do more. The more you do, the more motivation you're supplied with to do more, right? The more wise you collect, the more wise you get. And this means you can consciously look for reasons to motivate yourself. And in that process, you will automatically be supplied with more of them, more responsibilities that you weren't even out for, right? I feel comfortable with what I just said there, Daniel. I do want to pass it back to you. Yeah, I could listen to you all day. And there's absolutely nothing that you've said that uh, I, I do not understand. Number one, and I don't agree with it's you're you're bang on, uh, and you know energy begets energy, uh, so taking these these baby steps um, are 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 so important uh, because it built they build confidence, and um, and uh, and I, th- I think it's so important. Uh, I, I think each of us has, uh, depending on what business we're involved with. I think there are aspects of the business that we really, really like, and there are aspects that we don't like. And I really do believe in delegating. And the busier that you get, the more responsibilities that you have, um, you know, pay, pay for, for the tasks that you don't uh, like to do or want to do. But I, I think it's important to be knowledgeable on the tasks that you're delegating. We delegated a building project to a team recently and they failed miserably. And because we, we know the building game, we're in the building game and the real estate game here. And we, we knew what the project should have looked like uh, when it was finished and it, it didn't resemble 
what it should have finished. And so now we're in the process of hiring a new team. Uh, we, you know, sacrificed a number of months. We gave a little money. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we learned and we still got some value. It's not finished. But so if you do delegate a task, just make sure you know how that task is to be completed and you're paying someone for their time, their expertise, et cetera. Uh, but at the same time, you know how it needs to be done. Uh, with lawyers, for example, uh, you can delegate a task to a lawyer and, uh, and you also want to be hands-on and explain you know, some of the steps that you're expecting uh, need to be taken. Uh, I remember we were in the court one day and our lawyer dropped the ball. And we were there. Dennis had, my wife had prepared uh, a, a short speech to support what it was that we were looking for. The, uh, the, uh, the plaintiff in this case, their lawyer made a fundamental error. We caught it, my wife and I. We wanted to speak on it. And the lawyer uh, squelched us. The lawyer was fired. And so, uh, Sometimes we delegate, and but again, just just make sure you're you're, dele you're delegating uh, in areas that you're very knowledgeable in in terms of how the process is to unfold. If not, you could end up taking the project on yourself, and you've you've wasted time and money and energy as you touched on. So, when it comes to uh, the network marketing business. Of which I must confess, I'm, I, I really, I have quite a testimony, as do you. When you touched on the earlier podcast we did, I mean, I have, I have had so many incredible benefits. I've seen so many miracles, uh, you know, from this longevity business. You know, I married Dennis because Dr. Wallach's wife, Dr. Milan, introduced us. Okay, I wouldn't be married uh, today. I remember uh, it was a very cold night. I was in the underground garage of the company where I worked in Toronto. I had boxes of Longevity product in the car and I was doing my inventorying. The next morning I had committed to coach Helen's husband whom uh, unfortunately, has passed away, but he still certainly lives in my heart. I, I loved Coach. I still love Coach. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had committed to being uh, down helping Coach with something. And here I am at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, freezing, uh, doing my inventorying in this cold garage. And I actually said to God, I said, like, what did I do to be cursed? I, I, I had lost my perspective. I, I didn't, I, I was just feeling, feeling that, that, you know, I shouldn't, quote unquote, shouldn't be here in the middle of the night freezing my, freezing, we'll leave it at that, we'll keep this podcast clean. <laughs> Anyhow, I finished up what I needed to do, I endured the pain, and years later I'd been happily married and living in Istanbul. Um, but to be honest with you, if I, if I would have quit, if I would have said, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm going to tell coach I'm not, uh, not going to come to help him. I probably never would have met Dennis. You see? 
So, you know, we, we, my why made me cry. You know, I had a commitment to coach. I had a commitment to, to myself, to be honest with you. At the time, the commitment to myself wasn't that great. I just wanted to go home and get warm. I was so angry and so upset. And, but I, I got it done and I went and helped coach and everything worked out. So no pain, no gain. And it was a small, small thing that I did. But if I did not really want what I had claimed to want, if my why was not bigger than my obstacle, I would have just, I would have just quit. And I think I would have been worse off for it. So with respect to our, our business, the network marketing business, I mentioned on the last podcast, um, the key to the abundant life. And I, uh, I explained at 12 o'clock, we had system, six o'clock system, three o'clock person, nine o'clock person. And the system, the key to the abundant life says, do what you do so well. So you plug yourself into a system, a system that works for you and works for your team. For example, if you love being on the phone, which I do, generally speaking, three-way calls are great. I used to tell people when I was in Toronto that, that had fear of, of phoning people up, of speaking with them, I would say, hand them out a CD, and if they think that the information on the CD is worth a phone call, have them call me, right? I loved three-way calling. I was, or, you know, I was good at it, and I loved it. I'm passionate to talk with people. You talked about being transparent last, last week, and I, I didn't pick up on it like I should have, Ryan, and I'm sorry. That is the key, because when you're transparent, you're already managing the other person's expectations without them probably even knowing it. You've shown them everything up front. And, and what, what is more important than, than, than having someone with ethics, morals, and values that cares enough for themselves to be honest and forthright? That's the kind of person that, uh, that I want to be in business with. And down the road with that person, if they do get involved, You'll have questions. You just manage the process step by step. So do what you do so well. Plug yourself into a system that those who see you do it, plug yourself into one person. So do what you do so well that those who see you do it want to see it again. You plug that person into the system and we'll bring others to see what you do. So you plug yourselves into one other person and then you plug them into the system. And uh, it's a moment by moment journey. So you find tools that work, whether, it, whether it's books, whether it's three-way calling, whether it's podcasts, whatever, whatever it is that's available. And if there's something that you don't think uh, is available, then you may uh, funnel monies to, uh, to get this done, whatever it is. Uh, we've, got, we've got one life 
And, uh, you know, it's not about falling down. It's about getting up. I fall on my face regularly. Uh, I struggle a lot with fear, anger, anxiety. And yet, here we are. And I, I think people can say, well, if Dan can face his, his fears and his anxieties, maybe I can. If Ryan can, can face his monsters and win, maybe I can. And so we don't want people thinking we're great. I'm, I'm certainly not great. I want people to, to think, number one, if Dan can do it, I can do it. When we're too polished, when we have the answers to every question just very quickly, when we, when we don't really, when we're not really transparent, I guess I really took hold of that when you talked about being transparent in your business, I guess, which is why I'm, I'm touching on my I'm being transparent with you and with your audience today. It's been an awful day. And really. Okay. <laughs> and it took yeah. us like an hour to get this, disconnected. The, the hour that we took to get this connected was probably the highlight of my day at that point. Okay. So it, it's, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was tough, but again, um, I wasn't going to let fear, uh, you know, the energy that I have now, I think the energy that we have together, I think the strength and the confidence that your audience will have in themselves, they're not alone. Uh, and, and, and we're not alone. If you mentioned getting good feedback, if there's, uh, if there's uh, someone that you know in your audience that, that you feel is uh, safe and secure, uh, you know, someone that I could uh, uh, be a benefit uh, to, uh, you know, who knows, maybe one time we'll do a podcast with question and answer. Who knows where, where this thing can go? Uh, but what's important is I think that people know that they're not alone, that, that, that people know that there, there are people that are struggling just like them. There are people that have have had to deal with worse circumstances than what you and I may have come through or are going through right now. And that, as you said a moment ago, energy begets energy. So when we get off the couch, uh, when we do something small, like put three screws into a table or make a phone call or, I don't know, it's, um, the small things make the biggest difference. And I do want to say one thing on, on fear. Fear and love, fear and gratitude cannot exist in the same moment. I, I challenge you to, when you have, and, and I often forget to do this uh, because I'm in my heart. And I say, with an emotion, you react. With logic, you respond. Reacting costs. Responding pays great dividends. Okay, so when we're triggered, don't react. Take the time.
to get into a place of logic and respond. Okay, so um, when I'm when I have fear or anger, and I say thank you, thank you. Sometimes I can't even say the word thank you. The emotions are so strong. I can't even say thank you. I can't even access my mind. Ryan, I'm not kidding. And I make sure I'm safe and secure at that, uh, at that moment. But if I can say thank you, or if I can smile, just smiling, the fear and anger is gone. It's like turning on a light switch. The darkness flees instantly. And that's the important, uh, importance of recognizing this is a moment-by-moment -moment journey. So you have in a moment fear or anger, say thank you. Think of something you're grateful for, even if you can't be grateful at that moment because you're, you're not in your mind. You're in a state of panic or anxiety. Just say thank you. Thank you. Smile. They've done it. They've done studies where they've had mentally ill patients stand in a room, look up at the ceiling and smile. And I think in some cases it turns into laughter and their lives changed. These are mentally, these are people with diagnosed mental illnesses, illnesses and I can't remember what the uh, illness was. I can't remember if it was schizophrenia or what it was, but it works. What I'm saying works. And uh, I, would, I would want to be, I would want to be if, if someone is experiencing anxiety and panic and fear and anger, I would probably be, or someone like me, whom deals, who deals with these emotions on a regular basis, these are the people that can be a, can be a benefit and, uh, to others because we're walking, we're, we're experiencing, we're, we've been and we are where people are. So people that listen to this podcast, um, you know, you have people that believe in you and that love you. And uh, this is a team, a team sport. Together, everyone achieves more. So if we can just look at the, at the goal achieving, again, uh, what do I want? When do I want it? Why do I want it? What am I willing to do to get it? And what happens if I don't get it? It's just so, so important. I've said before, uh, you marry someone's heart. I've said as well, life is won or lost between the ears, but needs to be experienced by the whole being. And, you know, um, there are so many different systems that, that I'm, I'm thinking of right now. I think there's actually nine or 10 altogether. Initially, there started off, there was four, then five, then six. But then uh, it, some of these wise sayings became, uh, became systems as well. So um, Even a quote can be a system for somebody. Some quotes can, can become so important to you, especially if those were the problems that you were facing. One, two quotes written on your mirror. 100%. That can change your life. Daniel, if you don't mind, I'd like to, to kind of tie, tie back in and sort of tie this together. 
And uh, we've gone a bit long, you know, I think, I think we're at a good podcast length for this topic. But at the end here, we kind of really focused on fear and anger. And I think that's important because, again, those, those will be the two major emotional inhibitors from action. This whole thing is about goal setting, goal achieving. If you're caught up in fear and anger, you're caught up in fear and anger. You're not setting goals. You're not moving forward. You're not doing your results-driven actions very well. If you're caught up in fear and anger, fear is going to be dwelling on the past mainly, right? It's, it, we think that it's um, more about what's going to happen, but I think it's a fear of repeating past mistakes or, or fear of experiencing other negative emotions that we, we remember, embarrassment, that kind of thing, right? We're, nothing has happened yet in the future. The future doesn't exist. The past doesn't exist either. It's a figment of our imagination, but we combine the worst of the past to project onto the future. It's a terrible habit. And so, again, fear and anger, just it's going to take your mind away from whatever it is that you are trying to achieve. And if you're dwelling on fear and anger, the, the whole goal setting, goal achieving just really just really doesn't matter. All, you, all you're doing is sitting there dwelling in fear and anger, staying depressed, staying whatever. Maybe you're getting yourself up and going to work, but all this stuff requires mental um, engagement and it requires breaking away from the fear and the anger. And I just wanted to break down anger a little bit more. You did as well, but certain words come to my mind when I think about anger. And by the way, I love Paul Ekman's work on emotions. Paul Ekman, he's the guy they based the TV series Lie to Me off of. And his books are way better than the TV series, by the way. But uh, one, of the, one of the definitions that stuck in my head from his work was that in anger is uh, the physiological response to an interference with an intended action. That means it's what happens to you. It is the physical response to any interference with any inter intended action, anything. And when you realize that definition, this is one of those things that a quote could change your life. Well, that one definition of anger changed my life because as soon as I recognized what, what was interfering with my intended action, what was my intended action? How was it interfered with? And in some cases, I was able to adjust that. Um, if my intended action was to, you know, we're, we're from Toronto. Right? I needed to drive to college in the, uh, Markham or whatever, Markham Road, Scarborough. And if it was my intended action to wake up and get there in 10 minutes, it's a 10-minute drive. There was no car on the, drive, on the road. If it was my intended action to get there in 10 minutes, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to be frustrated. That action will be interfered with by every single person I encounter on the road. If I expect it to take me 45 minutes, like my mom taught me to do because she grew up doing that. Or not grew up. I grew up while she was doing that commute. And she said, no, you got to mentally prepare for it to take twice as long as it's going to. And then most of the time, you're actually going to end up way, you're going to end up there earlier than you, you expected. And that's good news. But so the frustrations of life, a lot of them can be absolved completely just by actually recognizing the problem or recognizing that, you know, a reaction to an interference doesn't, it's not the end of the world. You can identify the interference and you can identify um, possibly your intentions and possibly your intentions are are misaligned. Possibly your intentions are unrealistic, right? Unrealistic expectations being the number one cause of disappointment because those are the most likely to be inf interfered with. And your anger and your frustration, that is the physiological response to that interference. Like you said before, even just identifying it though and calling it what it is and, and f feeling it almost objectively like, oh, oh, that's anger. That's anger there, right? You don't need to become into it you don't need to fall into a state of anger because you recognize it it's right there i just saw this guy cut me off that's why i got upset you know, i'm running late because I, I didn't expect it to take 40 minutes to get there i should have right and you realize it's just on you you plan for the future you, you reduce these things happening in the future i find myself reducing the huge majority of my frustrations just with this alone sometimes you're still going to get 
glitches on your podcast app that are going to be frustrating and whatever, but it's very clear and it would be very silly of us to, to react um, any more than, than just a little bit of frustration as we have just merely voicing it is the appropriate response. If that anyways, but there are other forms of anger that are confused in here. Guilt and resentment and jealousy would be the biggest ones that jump off the page for me. And those obviously you could tie them to an interference with an intended action, but more likely it's just, twisted thinking right guilt and resentment and jealousy this is guilt of what comparing yourself to what the the version of you that succeeded right guilt can be misplaced a lot of people feel guilty for failing we talked about earlier you're going to need to fail you have to fail it's not you cannot succeed without failing you just can't right to be i mean even i love the analogy by the way the jim Rohn analogy that uh, to be a professional baseball player you only need to bat three out of a hundred sorry three out of three out of ten three hundred out of a thousand kind of thing so that's three out of 10 hits. That's not very good. It means you miss seven. And in this business, you know, we know that you're not going to get every sale. You're not going to get one in two sales. You're not going to get one in three sales. You're lucky to sign up one in 10 people that you sit down with. So you better not be sitting there intending to sign up everybody. You're going to be disappointed. You better be sitting there intending to give them all the information that you need to and to give them your heart and your attention and ask the appropriate questions and answer answer the appropriate questions as well and you focus on the process not the conclusion right you mentioned last time conclusions are killers and this is how i wanted to to tie this all together because you can't have guilt or resentment or jealousy without some conclusion of the way things are supposed to be or without some conclusion about yourself in comparison to another person which is silly that's a huge part of the personal development world don't compare yourself to other people you can look at other people you can take lessons from other people you can take advice from other people you can see the consequences of other people's actions and say i don't want that right you can if you're in the gym you can compare your progress to your buddy's progress but you have to be very careful right and you you know that if your buddy's been in the gym three years longer than you you shouldn't be comparing yourself to them right if you're um in this business network marketing, I don't compare myself to people who are completely different people to me, right? They operate on a, in a different way. They are different people. And I mean, in fundamental personality aspects as well, you know, so why, why would I compare my paycheck to his paycheck if we're different people and we have different processes and, and all this stuff. And I think this, it, this understanding can translate out into other things as well, but it, it definitely has to do with that statement before conclusions are killers talking about the, the goal setting, the specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and tangible. A lot of people have misaligned conclusions about what that means. A lot of them are setting their goals inappropriately or failing to set their goals at all because they've made some unrealistic conclusions, right? So if, if you can free yourself, if you can liberate yourself from um, whatever ideas that you have in your head that, that constitute a conclusion, you'll be free to just navigate the, the waters of life as the river that it is, if that makes sense. And I think that's a good... That's a good point to, uh, to stop talking. Okay, can I make a quick comment? That was excellent what you, what you shared. Thank you. Uh, I, I think uh, there's a big, big difference, and I think it needs to be identified between an emotion and a state. Okay? I touched on it earlier. Anger is an emotion. Angry is a state, a state of being. Jealousy is a state of being. Guilt is a state of being. And what's the second one you said? Uh, guilt, resentment. That's a state of being. Guilt, resentment, and jealousy. And big, big difference. Much, uh, in, in much more serious consequences if we don't recognize that our state, our psychological state, our soul, 
when we, uh, when we are jealous, we are feeling jealousy, we are feeling guilty, we are feeling resentful, our soul is involved, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And it is a very, very important distinction uh, for me to at least touch on at this point. Um, that that uh, we need to be, we need to be extra. We need to make sure we are extra safe and secure when we are in these types of states. Um, can I, if, if I can just, uh, yeah, well, maybe we'll, we'll leave it for another time, but the, the difference between an emotion Absolutely. and a state of being is very, very important um, to, to be able to make the distinction, you know, from awareness to adaptation. Uh, you know, I'm aware that, you know, feeling very resentful right now. I acknowledge it. I'm, I'm feeling very resentful. I accept it. It's my right to feel exempt. What you have, but how what you have is used. Okay? I have resentment. I am resentful. That's okay. How is that going to be used? Never allow an emotion to cause you to act when without this emotion, you see how everything is tying in. Mm -hmm. And so to recognize that I am in a, in a, Top spot. If I'm if I'm feeling resentful, jealous. I experienced this uh, a number of years ago. Uh, jealousy. It was such a strange thing to happen, uh, to me. I hadn't experienced jealousy in so long, uh, but from it came something wonderful. So I'm I'm grateful to have gone through the experience successful. It's quite a life changing experience for me. And maybe we can talk about it privately or another time. I'm, I'm fine. I'm transparent. Okay, but there has to be benefit for, for you and for, for your audience. So um, that's important. For sure. Daniel, I do think the personal stuff, by the way, helps. I, I think in my own journey in the personal development world, it didn't become real until I started to hear a bit of the stories of how the people that I was right. listening to got that way. If that makes sense, some of it can seem so unrealistic and so polished and stuff. And you're like, what? but then they tell you their story, right? And, and that's really where the power comes in. You know, can I do this too, right? You mentioned earlier, can, if, if Jim Rohn can do this farm boy from, from Idaho, I can do this, right? If Daniel can do this, I can do this. Me, 18 months ago, I was homeless, right? So if I can do this, you can do this. And this means get started, set the appropriate goals, use the appropriate mindset when following those goals into the achievement model. And then don't let your emotions conquer you along the way because it's a hard route. And a lot of people, a lot of people will get beat down by it. And just, again, let fear, let anger conquer them. Let a few failure, failures, uh, you know, prevent them from trying again, that kind of thing. And just, sorry, my Perfect. point was kind of done there. I just, I kind of left it a little bit open, but I'm happy with what we recorded today. And I appreciate you, Daniel. I, I think this is a lot of value, especially if people are, are not familiar with this. And to me, when you arrived in my life, I felt I already was kind of familiar with this, but going through these things um, in such detail, um, it's critical. You, you don't need a thousand different concepts. You need a sure. few good ideas, a few good ideas well implemented, right? A few good phrases well implemented, a few good changes in your habits 
you know, few good changes in your philosophy. Yeah, one hundred percent. Few changes will and, make uh, the world of difference. Wow, thank you, Ryan. Well, th thank you, Daniel Patrick oh, you. Young. I will be sure to include your entire name, and I, I understand too. It's a pretty generic name. It could be Daniel. Daniel Young could be kind of generic. My professor at University of Sydney, was, his name is Ian Jones. And if you look that up in Australia, there's like probably 40 Ian Jones professors, you know, so you got to use both middle names, SF. I don't so think I so. Daniel, Daniel Young Patrick is a Young, mu musician. There's probably not very many other And uh, so I wouldn't want to steal his thunder. But as I, as I met you, I didn't realize until I was uh, 53 <laughs> years old that my father's name was in fact Patrick Franklin Young. It wasn't Franklin Patrick Young. And Dennis and I, we had been picked up from Pearson Airport on one of our flights in. My mom and dad were driving us back to, uh, to their home. And oh, by the way, and they shared the story of how my father, for pretty much his whole life, thought his name was Frank. But it wasn't. It was actually Patrick Franklin Young. And that's why there's Sean Patrick, James Patrick, Daniel Patrick. I could never figure out why we all got Patrick until I realized in the van that it was my father's name, Patrick. Unbelievable. <laughs> Anyhow, you have yourself a, uh, a wonderful uh, day. Um, if you get any responses, any questions from anyone, uh, if, I can, if I can be a benefit in a small way, uh, you know, I'm here. And there's so, so much more. There's just this, we're just touching the surface. And uh, anyhow, love you, brother. Love you too, Daniel. I appreciate great. you. And we'll come Have up with uh, the, next, the next outline for next week, Thank possibly. You. I'll do the kid better. Enjoy the rest yeah. of your evening. Thank yeah. you. We'll talk to you next time. And thank Success everybody for joining everyone. us. Uh, much thank love, you, much Ryan. respect. Bye Let bye. us know anything else that you'd like us to cover.